Life support is nominal. The oxygen danger indicator level is yellow. Please remember that this is a non-smoking pirate ship. Hey, hey, everybody. This is John Breeden at GameIndustry.com's The Gin Lounge. I'll be your chief lounge lizard and your host for today's show. With 70 million people trying to cancel their credit cards based on what happened at the Sony PlayStation Network debacle, we actually come up with a completely different controversy. <laughs> so, uh, yes, um, I, uh, I had to do that. I had to do that along with uh, a lot of other people. Uh, some other people who are gamers today, but today we're going to be talking about our own controversy. Uh, but we may bring up the Sony thing because that's sort of sort of big news. So uh, Shella is joining us all the way from England. Shella, how are you doing today? I'm very good, thank you. Good, good to hear. And we also have Marie. Marie uh, joining us from this side of the pond. Marie, how are you today? I'm good, just sitting here cutting up my credit card. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> that was crazy. So so the whole thing about the Sony, I mean, we, we would be kind of silly not to uh, not to mention this, but as of as of the recording of this show, you know, the the Sony has finally admitted that uh, they didn't just decide on a whim to take down their network for a week. <laughs> there was a, <laughs> there was actually a reason for it. They were like, "Oh, it's just maintenance." But no, they came out and said that, you know, somebody broke in and stole all this information and probably credit card information was taken, but they're not sure. So so I I don't I don't know that well, that was weird. Sh- Shella, now you're you don't really go online that much, so it probably probably didn't affect you too too much. But mm-hmm. Marie, I know you 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 were affected and were were you just a little bit angry at the way that Sony handled the whole situation? You know, angry but not surprised. Um this is certainly not the first time that you know, I'm on a, I'm online a lot and I'm I'm you know, have been online for a long time and so this isn't the first time this has happened to me. Now I didn't have any fraudulent charges. Um, but you know, I went ahead, canceled the card, had them reissue, that kind of thing. Um, the one that was connected with with PSN. But you know, I I haven't I haven't seen a company in this situation that I thought handled it well. <laughs> I don't think Sony handled it any worse than anybody else. Well, yeah, I mean, um, the last big breach would be probably the AT and T network when when that happened. Um, I don't know. I thought that was handled a little bit better. I mean, at least they were upfront about it. I mean, they didn't wait six days. Well, yeah, that's true. This has been this has gone on way too long. Although Sony swears that they didn't know until Monday that um that consumer information was gone. And I don't see how that's possible. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean I mean why would it possibly take them that long to know? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well Shella, you know, we we have uh we have our friend Dave T who uh, does security stuff. Is he is he working on the Sony problem? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it would probably be uh, it would have been sorted by now, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> probably, Dave's amazing. He's terrific, <laughs> and he looks like Clark. <laughs> yeah, I saw his picture. That was that was really cool. So, but you were saying that the, you were saying over in England, actually, this this finally made the mainstream news. Although the the mainstream news media kind of screwed it up, right? Um, yeah, well, they sort of. Um, well, I suppose then there wasn't the thing about the credit cards because did that hit? this morning uh yeah yeah it was recent. yeah so they didn't really touch on that issue they sort of um they went on about this hack hacking group called anonymous oh right uh how sony blamed them and then apparently on the anonymous website they said for once we didn't do it um 
and they said, you know, we think this is that Sony's something's just gone wrong at Sony's um, end, and they're just blaming us for it as a cover. And at the bottom, they just put Sony are incompetent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. It was amusing. Yeah, so they did that aspect of it, and and then of course they interviewed some gamers or otherwise known as gaming obsessives. Gaming obsessives. Uh, gaming obsessives. I like because... that. I want that on a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> because um obviously i don't know what your bank holidays are around easter but we have good friday and easter monday off oh, so it's a four-day week we're americans we don't take holidays but go ahead okay <laughs> um so um they interviewed some some gaming obsessives <laughs> about you know the, the lack of um PSN over the weekend and you can still... they seem kind of rounded people and just said yeah it would have been nice to be able to get on like a couple of hours each day but it wasn't up and I couldn't get any movies and stuff like it's that. It's not like the console didn't work you could still play your game you just had to have it already in hand you know no multiplayer. Yeah, but... it meant that they couldn't get on to whatever online thing but yeah the one guy saying oh it was a bit of a pain because I downloaded my movies that way and obviously the whole family is together for the long weekend Oh my gosh, they might actually have to do something together. <laughs> you know, they weren't sort of like needing medication, which I think is what the, the news people were hoping for. Interesting. Here, they covered it with the credit cards, and, and they did realize that, you know, there, there's 70 million people on the PlayStation Network, so that's pretty huge. Um, so it was a big story. But the funny thing was, you could tell they had no idea, the news announcers, no idea what they were talking about. So in the yeah. in the background, while they were mentioning this, they were like showing footage of a, a guy at E3 showing games on an iPad. <laughs> and, and then... Yeah, we had that. There were people in arcades in those sort of racing <laughs> Like, you know that's not a PlayStation, right? In an arcade. That's awesome. You know, I just thought that was brilliant. I was like, hmm, kind of off track with the visuals, but hey. Yeah, they had the iPad. No, games are all the same. <laughs> no one really plays them. It's a fringe group. It's obsessives. Yeah. They had a they had a book like in widescreen orientation and then they turned the iPad and the book rotated, you know, and that was the big thing. Um yeah, yeah and, then, excellent. and then they showed like footage from like E3 five years ago with a whole line of people like in trade show shirts playing with the Wii doing a fishing game. And I'm like, what the heck? That's not a place to, <laughs> got to do with anything. Look at these poor obsessives lining up trying to get their PSN. <laughs> All those people probably on the Wii. I bet that was pretty tricky. <laughs> All those people still have valid credit cards. It's, they haven't shown a PlayStation gamer yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't show kids skateboarding. I mean, it'd be about the. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so so that's what's going on in our world. Um, but we also have the reason for the show today. Um, so we launched a new feature, uh, a new feature called the Gin Sunday Comics. And uh, I guess from the name, uh, Marie, what day do you think the Gin Sunday Comics runs on? Tuesday? No, I'm sorry, you don't win. Uh, actually, they run every Sunday now, and uh, they've been they've been following a group of um, developers 
at least I think they're developers. We're slowly learning about them. They're supposed to have an evil nemesis group of really cool people that work across town, but we haven't met them yet. Uh, <laughs> but these people are, you know, developing games, and they're at, I don't think it's really an independent studio, but it's a smaller development studio, basically. And the funny thing was, at least I thought it was funny, some people didn't, um, was that uh, uh, we had a cartoon a couple weeks ago where one of the guys told the artist girl that he needed... Uh, there was a new game coming out, and they needed her to immediately design ten girls of different builds jumping up and down on trampolines. Uh, oh, in bikinis, I think it was. So immediately the girl, who's the artist and probably the smartest of the three characters, realized that something was amiss, and they immediately went down to the troublemaker and found out that it was a nefarious plot to get her to draw that for him. Um, so that was pretty much the uh, that was pretty much the comic. And uh, and then on our Facebook page, because uh, we we have in the Facebook page is facebook.com slash game industry. We post all the stories there um, as well. And we had uh, somebody who came on and said how she was highly, highly offended by the by the cartoon. Um, so I will throw it over to Shella. Uh, I mean, you're you're sort of uh, the, take the lead. You and Kelly both sort of take the lead on women's rights in gaming or whatever. <laughs> and so I mean, did did the cartoon offend you? I mean, what was this? Was this girl? Did she have a point or? Uh, well, no, I think I was the only person that responded to her because I was just a bit puzzled by it. And I thought, oh, she's obviously just kind of misread it and didn't get the, the gag bit. <laughs> um, and, yeah, so I think I responded something along the lines <laughs> of, um, you know, I think the intention was to satirise <laughs> what you've been offended um, by. Um, so yeah, I sort of gently didn't want because I suspect that she just, you know, misread it. <laughs> and so I didn't want to go, oh, you did. <laughs> Don't you get it sort of thing. I just, um, yeah, so no, I didn't. I didn't find it offensive. To oh, me. good, good. Yeah, Todd, Todd Hargosh wrote me. Uh, wrote me. He he wanted to be on the show today, but couldn't. And and he wrote, "Oh, little girl got her butt hurt. Too bad. Boo hoo." So there's Todd's comments, and it's so sad that he can't be with us today. But oh, <laughs> but Maria, I guess I'll ask you. I mean, were were you offended at all? I mean, you, you. I mean, I I think the cartoon. The the ironic thing was that the cartoon pretty much advocated this person's point of view. Yeah. Yeah, I think that the um, the person who complained d- didn't get the joke, and yeah. you know that's okay. I mean, not everybody gets a joke. I, that's why I, di- I actually didn't respond just because I was like, oh, they didn't get the joke, mm. you know. But I no, I wasn't offended. Okay, all right. Well, I think the cool thing about this was that it brings up. Sur- but then I'm also not offended when there are women jumping on trampolines and bikinis in games either. So <laughs> <laughs> I might not be the best. Right, right, right. I see. I, I think, yeah, we have Kelly madly dialing in to comment now. But, um, no. No. <laughs> no, I, no, I understand. So, but I think this brings up the larger issue about, about, you know, women in gaming. And, and it's, it's a two-headed issue, really. It's, it's women in the game industry. And then also the way that women gamers are treated or why women gamers don't come into it, come into the industry or why women don't play games. A lot of women don't play games. And I think it was real interesting. Shelly, you did an interview, which we haven't talked about, which we should have um, talked about uh, this lady. Uh, her name was Ella Romanos from remote studios. And um, so is, is remote, are they, are they, would they be considered an independent studio? It sounded like they were pretty big with what they were doing. 
No, I think they're an independent studio. Yeah, she set it up okay. herself. Um, yeah. Okay, so you're independent unless you are owned by like EA, I guess, or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So she's she's part of a successful independent studio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but it was interesting. She, you you had asked her you had asked her point blank uh, one of your questions in your interview was you know what what about the role of women is she seeing more or less women in gaming and and you know what was what was her kind of take on that? Um. Yeah. She was saying that she hasn't seen an increase in the number of women entering the industry um and you know she says it's not because they're not being hired not necessarily it's because they're not even applying and um you know it would be great to have more women in in a team or well you know just more diversity in general you know um because it's pretty much white middle class and male Mm -hmm. isn't it the games industry so um if we can expand on that you know we're going to get more interesting games it's just the way it goes so yeah she was just um yeah that was her point of view really was that she'd like to see more women and um you know um, figure out a way to, um, I suppose, um, take the games industry um, to young girls or women and, um, you know, so they can see it as an industry for them, a, a career. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, depending on what you're doing it, 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 in the industry, I mean, it's, it's, it's equal. I mean, if you're, you're programming, it really doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, but it, I think... I think your point is it would be neat to see more women actually not just in the industry but but in the creative side of the industry you know who, who yeah. are making up the storyboards and the plots and things like that you know at the ba- yeah. at the base level um yeah not in PR <laughs> well yeah i mean all the you know we've got, we've kind of got our our ratio quite it's quite good in PR yeah i think i think you're well above 50% based on the yeah. <laughs> press releases and people we need at E3 and things like that. So, yeah, so yeah but uh, yeah, more on the creative side. I was interesting. I was reading an interview um, in a magazine with uh, the, the people at BioWare, and there were a lot of pictures. And um, there, was, there was a few women in the pictures. I don't know if they were yeah. specifically shown because they were, <laughs> they were women. There was, there was maybe like three women, and uh, well, it was probably like maybe 15 men, I guess. So that's, yeah. that's probably about the right ratio <laughs> in most studios. <laughs> but um, but Marie, from a, from a gamer's point of view, I mean, you know, well, we mentioned Bioware, so I mean, I know you've been playing a lot of Bioware titles lately. I mean, I mean, do you ever do you ever get that longing for like, wow, I wish this was more, you know, sort of centered on women? I mean, I know you had a good a good time with like Mass Effect and some of the uh, some of the other games out there. Well, I I will say I I dislike games that don't allow me to play as a woman. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't, I can't make the character female. I, I find that very irritating. Um, and I do, um, I really appreciate what Bioware does in that they, they give you choices that you're not penalized if you make, you know, the nonviolent choice. Hmm. You know, sort of like in, in Mass Effect 2, you can make the Paragon choices or you can make the Renegade choices. Mm-hmm. Well, when I play, I I mostly make the Paragon choices. Now, occasionally, I do drop somebody out of a window, but that's usually just because I've gotten irritated. Mm. Well, yes, but it's it's nice to have that option, you know, to to make the comforting comment, to 
make the compassionate comment and not be penalized for it. I really appreciate that. That's pretty cool. I yeah. Sometimes in the Mass Effect games, especially in two, it's nice. It dr- dramatically, it's nice to make the uh, what the what's the evil choice Paragon Renegade. It's, it's Renegade. sometimes it's like you know this would make a really cool scene if I just shot yeah, this guy in the head. In the face. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that would. Right. It would but, but, isn't it nice it's to have that option? Point blank. It's gonna be cold. Uh, it's like it's gonna look really cool. So I'm gonna reach for my pistol instead of the flowers just this once. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, that's I I love. There's the option. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, because sometimes it's quite the opposite. Sometimes you're in a situation in that game where you you really do feel bad for the other character, mm-hmm. and you're like, I'm so glad I don't. I don't just have to blow your head off. <laughs> That's cool. You know? That's cool. So, I mean, I, I like that those options are available. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the criticisms I always um, rail against um, Fable. Well, in the first game, you didn't get an option to be a woman, and quite a few people um, kicked up a bit of a fuss. So in the second one, you could be a woman. But there was no different, but right? <laughs> it makes no difference whatsoever. It's just it's just ludicrous. So you, you know how you have all the emotes where you can do a dance and you can flirt with people, mm-hmm. but you're flirting like a man. Mm. You're sort of like um, <laughs> pumping your biceps. <laughs> you know, nice. Like, sort of um, nice. doing, playing oh, tunes with your armpits and stuff like that, as opposed to, I don't know, flashing your ankle coyly or sort of, I don't know, giggling behind a fan or something, which could be just as amusing, mm-hmm. but a feminine trait. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just thought it was kind of pointless, <laughs> and that's annoying. What would they do with three, then? Yeah, the same. Oh, same type of thing. Okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. What about, what about, see, I see that as just laziness. Yeah, it is laziness, but I, I, I suspect that it's um, that if there were more had been more women in that team or any women, I don't know how many women were on the team, it wouldn't have happened because they'd have gone. Hold on a second, it's just yeah, they didn't think. It's just you know. Yeah, it makes sense. It's sort of like the chicken and the egg. It's like it's like if if we have more games that speak to women, then more women will want to become developers, but. It, but until we have women that are developers, we're not going to have games that, that have that. Uh, yeah. So what, what do you think about, I mean, does it have to be, you, you guys have both mentioned sort of main character situations. Do, does it have to be, I mean, for the goal that we're trying to achieve, getting more women to come into the, the industry, does it have to be the main character? Uh, case in point, I thought that in Red Dead Redemption, that the character of Bonnie was one of the strongest, coolest women, female characters that... I had run across, and no, you don't get to sleep with her or anything. Although, yeah. you know, and I, I, amazing, yeah, exactly. I was like, what is going on here? You know, I know. I was waiting for well, that. It just didn't happen. I would, but did that I would say that Bonnie's a huge departure for for Rockstar. Mm. Yeah. I, I actually, that's the most broad-minded um yeah, thing that Rockstar's ever done. I think was Bonnie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you didn't sleep with her, and then shoot her and take her money. <laughs> Right, exactly. (laughs) Get points for slapping. But I mean, do you think that that peripheral characters like that are 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 have the same level of influence, or does it have to be uh, a you know a female main character for this to happen? Well, I don't think it's just um, female characters either. It's all the characters, male characters as well. Sort of, they're just like popped out of this. Um, meathead mold generally aren't they again red dead is an exception to that rule um 
because he was a sort of he was um a sort of deep character wasn't he he wouldn't necessarily just shoot someone because he had a gun and you know or take a woman because he was a man <laughs> um so i think it works both ways you know um men need more rounded characters and women certainly need more rounded characters and not just in the chest area. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They've kind of nailed the bosom. So. Very. Yes, I think the game industry has done an excellent job on their bosom rendering. <laughs> they have. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I think our cartoon that caused this controversy actually pointed that out quite nice, quite nicely. I mean, yes. he was going to the artist because he knew he would get a good, good output. Yeah, yeah. She was going to be able to deliver what 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 uh, he wanted there. So, so yeah. So I don't I don't know. I mean, I think I think you know really. You guys are probably right. The cartoon was kind of a non-issue. It was probably just somebody who didn't get the joke, you know, and that's, and that happens. I mean, you know, there, there, yeah. there are cartoons in the New Yorker that I don't get, you know, but yeah. <laughs> I don't think, you know, most people get some of them, but anyway, you know, <laughs> and so that's, that could be, that could be our fault, you know, we didn't, we didn't make explicit enough or whatever. But I think it does, it does show that I, I think the reason that the person was offended was because it's, it's a, it's a sensitive issue, maybe more so. Yeah. Than, than it would be. I mean, it, it it you can take a little tiny issue on on something that's very sensitive and get a lot of response. I mean, case in point, yeah. like what Gilbert Godfrey did when the Japanese earthquake hit, and he was making these little jokes. And really, the jokes that he said weren't all that really offensive or whatever. But you know, it's a sensitive subject, so he got fired and probably should have, and all that happened. But it's the same type of thing. I think that I think that a lot of women, maybe maybe not specifically you two, but a lot of women feel very much outsiders as you know when they look at games in the game industry and so any type of thing that touches on that you know you're going to elicit a response yeah well i mean it's even the way games are marketed though i think that's a really big issue um because even for the women that do play games i've never had a game marketed at me hmm. apart from I mean, there are games that are marketed at women, but it's like We Fit or a yoga game or... You the know, Zumba thing, yeah. Yeah, something that they think is a girl's game. Right. Um, but, you know, Assassin's Creed wouldn't turn up in a magazine I read that wasn't a film magazine or a video game Can magazine. you imagine, like, a full-page Assassin's Creed ad in like cosmopolitan or something in l magazine or something or, that would, yeah that would um, be cool i wonder if that would, would be cool. i wonder if that would work yeah. at all <laughs> i mean but i wonder i don't even remember seeing the tomb raider games advertised in mainstream women's press which you know considering she is the sort of she flies the flag of you know um equal opportunities as, as it were in the in the games industry in terms of you know um being the first really strong you know woman who carried a game uh, a really highly successful one, yeah. series um i didn't even see her break out of the bounds of just being in lads mag yeah yeah i mean for better or worse i guess she is sort of the the pioneer and i mean you know she has a lot of then, flaws but i mean Based on what she did, she almost had to be that way, you know. I mean, you, you yeah. couldn't have a librarian or something 
as and then sometimes um, companies make huge mistakes like Nintendo um, oh, I mean this was years ago and I did write a column on it had four women in various states of undress and it was something like which one will you choose really like yeah no, I don't remember so that it's like basically like you'd walked into a brothel <laughs> Um, which is a huge mistake and, you know, couldn't really happen in this day and age in any other industry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, there's still a lot of growing up to do. That's true. You know. That's true. I think we are sort of as as much money as we make and as popular as we are as an industry, we, we still are sort of in our infancy. <laughs> so it's kind of fun. Yeah, yeah that's that's absolutely true. Yeah. Finding our way. H- hence the the news reporters that don't really know a lot about us because they didn't they didn't grow up with us, so they don't know. They don't know the difference between a PS3 and a Wii apparently <laughs> or an iPad. <laughs> it's good god. It's all letters and numbers. <laughs> all right. Well, um so let me ask uh let me ask a final question of YouTube gaming obsessives then. Um so so what do you what do you think? I mean, do you, do you think that things are going to progress where Eventually, you know, everyone's going to be under the umbrella where it's going to be equal numbers of men and women. Or do you think that the industry is is always going to be the way that it is now? And if it is going to progress, does something need to happen or just just a natural evolution? And um, uh, I'll let Marie go first. Well, I think that, um, as you said, the, the industry is in its infancy, and I, I do think it will change over time. I think there are a lot of closeted women gamers. Um, I think that that. Um, I personally know a lot of women who play games like World of Warcraft, but they hide their gender when they play. Mm. And they don't tell other people that they play. And are then endlessly surprised when they meet someone else um, that does play. (laughs) I think a lot of adult gamers feel, even men, feel like um, they're the only ones doing it. And that somehow everybody else online is a 13-year-old boy. <laughs> and um, so I think once it it becomes less of a embarrassing activity, which I actually think Facebook is helping um, and casual games are helping, because those, those games are um, marketed to both men and women. And um, – Women are not embarrassed to play them. They, they'll play them publicly on, on Facebook <laughs> and, you know, not mind anybody seeing their farm or their fish or whatever. <laughs> um, and I think as, as that becomes more popular and people, a percentage of those people will move from casual to more, um, hardcore gaming, there will be less of a stigma attached to gaming after you're 18. Hmm. Okay, good point, good point. I hope maybe your brave new world will come to pass. That would be pretty cool. Shella, what about you? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I I do think it it will change. I mean, there are women female football managers and things like that <laughs> um, these days. Um, so, yeah, women do break, break through. But, I mean, even if you look at um, the movie industry, the number of female directors um, and the number of female directors that get nominated for an Oscar. And, you know, it's... Um, and that's a relatively old industry mm, compared to us. That's true. Um, so... You know, we we don't want to be a hundred years down the line and still have a really big imbalance. 
Um, so I think it's important for us to uh, discuss it and look at ways of, um, well, I mean, right in schools, there are problems with um, having uh, getting girls interested in taking up mathematics and physics and um, computer science or whatever at university. Absolutely, sure. Um, so I suppose it's got to start from school age. Um, and I think a lot of people, girls and boys, don't consider the games industry, you know, it's, you don't, they don't think about the sort of the strings in the sort of behind the scenes of, and, you know, how those subjects can actually take them to what is a really cool, interesting and exciting industry. Um, so I think, you know, publishers have, have a role to, a really big role to play in, um, being amb- ambassadors for our industry in schools. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I haven't I haven't seen any type of that outreach program. But the only outreach I saw was uh, in college. Uh, people people came in and you know were trying to get uh, people to go and join development firms and things. So yeah, but but certainly yeah, no. By that stage. Yeah, it was all guys in the room at that. Guys. Time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Please let me come work for your studio. Yes. And, yeah. <laughs> yes, and I could tell the story about how I could have worked with Sid Meier if my friend hadn't embarrassed me. But anyway, oh. <laughs> <let's>, <laughs> you gotta move on. That was, that was not to be. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's good. So um, so everybody out there in listener land, let let us know what you think. You know, are you are you a girl gamer? Do you do you feel um, you know, out of place, out of bounds when you go into a gaming store or when you try to go online? Or maybe you're a closeted gamer. That would be pretty cool if we found a whole bunch of closeted gamers. <laughs> yeah. Although I have to say, when I go into my game station, it, there are far more girls working behind the till than there ever were I when I first started at gin I was an oddity because I was a girl who wrote about games <laughs> and you know a lot of the websites now have female writers and the game stores I do see that so things are changing yeah that's true there I mean if you look at who works at gin now I mean it, it's, it's pretty yeah. it's getting pretty close to 50 50 men women <laughs> so like Jen is leading the That's way. right, we're leading the pack. <laughs> we're up there, so innovative. <laughs> yeah. Our uh, our email address is Jin Lounge at GameIndustry.com. Let us know what you think. And uh thank you to our two lovely girl gamers today. And uh sorry that you two aren't as unique as you once were. But <laughs> 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 we still appreciate it's okay. <laughs> we still appreciate you. And we'll see you both uh hopefully next time right here at GameIndustry.com's the Jin Lounge. Take care everybody. See you next time. 